This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. Use the promo code BLUECHIP to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shocks NFL Draft Podcast. I am your co-host, Devin Jackson. I will not be joined today by Mike Hernishan. He is uh, dealing with some personal things. Obviously, everything going on in Ukraine has affected him. But we should have him back next week. But uh, wishing him the best and and everyone dealing with uh, that conflict in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia, uh, we send our thoughts and prayers to them. But today, I will be talking about What's happening today at the NFL Combine, or as I'm recording this, because I'm recording this on Thursday night on day one of field drills and testing for the NFL Draft Combine. And obviously, the the thing that's going to stick out to people is the fast times that these receivers are running. We've seen multiple 4-2 speeds from guys like Tyquan Thornton, who could be breaking the Combine record as as I'm recording this. He had an unofficial time of 4.21. Chris Olave is probably the surprise of the day for a lot of people, but he does have a track background, but he ran a unofficial 4.26. And then Christian Watson, who has continued to have an outstanding day all around, uh, has a RAS score right now or relative athletic score of 100 or or 10, excuse me. And he ran a 4.28. 40 yard dash time so a lot of guys flying right now and in the 40 yard dash especially in that second group and what I want to kind of talk about today is you know some of my uh big winners from the tight ends as well as the receiving group and more so talking about guys that aren't necessarily considered top of you know two or three round picks but guys that I think really help and solidify that one they belong in the NFL and two that what they uh, showed on the the field in Indianapolis, uh, it, it translates a lot to what their game is. So for me, one of the big winners of, of the combine so far, uh, just based on how they measured out their size and their testing was tight end Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. Now, He's someone on film that the the first thing you kind of sticks out to him or, or about his game is his blocking ability. He, he does a really nice job driving guys off the line of scrimmage, working very well on double teams, especially in, in zone, um, zone blocking schemes, as well as uh, being a, a threat after the catch when he has the ball in his hands. I believe it was against Arizona earlier this season where he caught a pass, uh, a screen pass, and took it 50, 60 yards down the field. And Ended up one being one of his longest receptions uh, of the uh, entire season. But to me, that was just a taste of what he brings. And, um, you know, just, you know, first of all, first of all, he measured in and at um, I believe he measured. So I'm pulling this up now. But uh, Bellinger, he measured in at 6'5", 253 pounds, about 32 and a half inch arms as well as 10 and an eighth 
inch hands as well. Uh, so, you know, just from a measurement standpoint, he, he's definitely hitting the, the thresholds you want to see an NFL tight end. And then as far as testing goes, uh, didn't have the greatest uh, shuttle time, had a 4.47, but uh, in the 40-yard dash, he had a 4.63, uh, which is very, very good. One of the, the better runs of, of the tight end group of the day, actually. And then, you know, kind of look at, at the rest of his, uh, you know, testing. He did, had a 7.05 uh, unofficial three-cone, as well as a 1.62 10 yard split. So, you know, we, he may not be the, the most dynamic tight end in this class, but in terms of if you're looking for a guy, especially on day three, who, you know, really does a nice job uh, blocking, you know, someone uh, that is really strong in the trenches actually ended up with 22 reps on the bench. I think he's someone that, you know, who was, was thought of as maybe a, a late, uh, you know, day three option at tight end. I think he's working himself in that fourth to fifth round range. And I think when it's all said and done, I, I think it seems going to get great value and someone that can be, you know, one, uh, a player that sticks, sticks around for 10, 15 years. And, and he's not going to put up blazing stats. And I, I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, to that George Kittle level, obviously, or, or Rob Gronkowski, but, in terms of you know having a, a valuable tight end with with a specific skill set and, and can work in line as well as work in space, I think he's going to provide a, a really really good option uh, on day three for uh, the tight end position, a, a group that's probably one of the deeper ones, if not uh, more, uh, you know, in, in this class. So he, he's definitely stuck out to me in the early tight end group as a as a winner. The next one that stands out to me is Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Now, he had a terrific um, Shrine Bowl uh, appearance and, and was easily one of the best tight ends down there at the Shrine Bowl. But what he did today uh, at the NFL Draft Combine, I mean, he, he put up a, a 4.61 40-yard dash, 24 reps on bench, and he, he just continued to rise uh, in, in the draft process. Someone who continues to test well, continues to do a little bit of everything well, you know, from agility, from speed, and, and just being able to move. I mean, he, he has insane measurables already. He measured in at six foot seven, and he has 34 and a half inch arms, nine and a half inch hands. Uh, 253 pounds. I mean, he's a former quarterback who at one time played for Oklahoma State, but he had a he had a really, really good combine. Uh, and, and he put it all together after continuing to build momentum from the East-West Shrine game. And he also is, is pretty physical uh, in, in the trenches as well as a tight end. So I think those two guys, uh, when when you think about the tight end position, what they were able to do, how they were able to test, I mean, there, there's not much that Jelani Woods didn't do, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, just being able to showcase his speed. I think that was going to be the biggest question for people to, to know whether or not how good is his athleticism, because the way he runs is kind of lumbering. It's, it's not exactly uh, smooth at six foot seven, but uh, he he's able to create separation at the top of routes. And I, I think 
that's the thing that stood out, uh, you know, watching his film and, and stood out in the end uh, down at the combine. So I uh, got to give huge props to him and, and what he was able to do because he, he's going to be a legit vertical threat, uh, you know, in, in the NFL. And I think he's also another guy that I don't think he's going to be an immediate tight end one, but I think for a tight end two for an NFL team, I think he's going to be uh, someone that really sticks out and it's going to be a huge, huge red zone threat. So I'm very excited to see how Jelani Woods continues to progress in this draft process, but he was easily one of the, the bigger standouts as well, along with Daniel Bellinger. I think those two guys stood out the most to me in terms of, uh, you know, just with their relative, you know, buzz was heading into the week versus how they have really solidify themselves as as legitimate options and, and once again just shows how deep this tight end class is because you know everyone's going to talk about Trey McBride everyone's going to talk about how good um he is how good Greg Dolchich is who also had a solid combine as well um Kate Auden is, is still getting some love although he's not able to test but but those those guys that, that don't necessarily top everyone's crack crack everyone's top five uh, guys like Daniel Bellinger and Jelani Woods I think had huge days at the combine. Now uh, turning the attention to the receiver position, it's a loaded loaded group and and really it got started off in in one of my my big winners and a player uh, at Blue Chip Scouting has been highly regarded by, by Nick Price. Got to give him a shout out. But Calvin Austin from Memphis, he continued to show off that speed that we expected to see from him. I think everyone was expecting coming in that he, he was going to maybe eclipse that 4-3, uh, you know, kind of uh, time. And, and that's exactly what he did. You know, he's he ran a 4-3-2. Um, had a 1.54 10-yard split, and he had a 39-inch vertical. I think just all based on those numbers alone, along with a 11-foot 3-inch uh, broad jump as well. I, I, I mean, those numbers just show that he's explosive. He's an explosive athlete that creates separation, uh, you know, beats press coverage, and, and continues to showcase just how good he is. So Calvin Austin, although he, he weighed in at 170 pounds, 5'8", uh, relatively small arms at 30 inches, I think he continued to show that he, you know, is, is going to be a legitimate receiver at, at the NFL level. And obviously Tutu Atwell win the second round and, and has kind of that similar profile in terms of height and weight. I think Calvin also has a chance to crack uh, the the top two or three rounds in this draft as well. And I think a team is going to fall in love with them during this process. So again, got to give props to Nick Price for getting on this train early and, and everyone has kind of followed suit from there. So uh, Calvin Austin, obviously a big winner. Christian Watson, obviously another big winner too, but I think more so is that he proved that not only his performance out of the senior bowl it just wasn't a fluke you know he went there and dominated and people had questions of, okay we saw him dominate down the senior bowl how's he going to test is he going to test out of this world and that's exactly what he did uh 4.28 um 40 yard dash as i mentioned at the top is just 
insane. I mean, it, it, it simply is insane that he's able to not only show off his ability uh, as a route runner and, and be able to create separation, but he also showed off that speed, the natural speed it shows up on tape. Not surprised that he ran a four two eight, but the fact that he did that in addition to jump, jumping 11, four broad jump, and then, you know, just continuing to put it all together. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just insane, you know, 30, 38 and a half inch vertical. There's just so much that he did well for or did well at this combine that it's going to be hard to not see him in first round mocks now. I think he's definitely earned that respect. He's definitely earned that potential. And I think there's no way he, if he doesn't make it out, if he doesn't make it uh, or get selected in round one, he's certainly not going to uh, make it out of uh, round two. It, it's just not possible at this point, you know, and, and honestly, I could see him sneaking in the back end of round one. It, it certainly is possible right now, just with, you know, the, the continued uh, explosiveness and, and just the, the raw natural talent that he possesses. So I, I would not be surprised if Christian Watson did end up going round one. One more player I want to bring up before I switch over to a few players that I've watched uh, over the last couple of days, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, um, someone that, you know, didn't necessarily have the greatest senior bowl, definitely left some, uh, you know, catches out there. Uh, you know, route running was was questioned a little bit in terms of uh, how quickly you can get in and out breaks. But now you switch to testing and how you measure up against some of your peers. And, and he also put put in another outstanding speed, uh, speed profile, 4.35 unofficial four-yard dash for Khalil Shakir. Arms a little small at 29 inches, but has a really nice frame at six foot 196. I think it, he's also just, you know, showing that he isn't just a slot only guy or, or, or not necessarily a slot only guy, but not only someone that you can just stick in the slot. I think he's going to have some versatility. You can motion him out to uh, the X spot or, or motion him out to uh, a bunch set and let him run routes on the outside. So Khalil Shakir being able to run a four, three, five and, and showing off that natural speed, I, I think just is going to help him in this draft. Um, process to to be able to kind of separate himself from from the pack a little bit so very impressed with what Khalil Shakir uh has done and uh just just how he's been able to put together a really solid combine this far same with George Pickens I think he was a forgotten about man obviously uh you know didn't play towards it till towards the end of the season for Georgia after tearing his ACL over the summer so uh George Pickens gotta give him a shout out as well I think he's also having a really, really great day at the Combine. Switching gears here before I wrap up this episode of the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. Again, Devin Jackson here without Mike Hernishan. I want to talk about two players that I watched uh, over the last couple of days, and both are from the same school, but uh, two small school guys that uh, one is getting a lot of buzz, one I think should be getting a little bit more buzz. But the first one is Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. Uh, very impressed with, uh, first off, his size. He's 6'3", 
197. Uh, he's not going to be able to test in a combine till Sunday, but someone I'm looking forward to uh, watching and seeing how he uh, competes down in, in the drills and in, in the agility drills as well. Um, to me, uh, what stands out, obviously, the movement skills at the line of scrimmage. I think he has excellent footwork and some of the best in his draft class in terms of uh, defensive back work. Um, that, was, that was the first thing that stood out to me. Fluid hips, uh, you know, allows him to make plays on the football and close on short and intermediate routes. That's the first thing that stood out to me. And uh, just a, a, a note of caution for those who, who have watched Williams or are going to watch Williams. Uh, it is a D2 level quarterbacks. Uh, the quarterback play wasn't uh, very comparable to what he'll see at the NFL level. I just want to kind of make that note before I talk about some of the things I didn't like about his uh, his film. You know, he's baiting, he was baiting a lot of his uh, a lot of the quarterbacks he was playing against because he knew they weren't a legitimate threat to throw the football down the field and he had that speed to recover. So uh, going to get to that in just a second, but uh, he's a physical corner who, uh, you know, kind of mixes up his, uh, you know, how he jams receivers at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes it'll be just using his feet to jam the receiver to throw the timing off. He'll do the one hand stab, uh, you know, he'll do the, the stab and, and bail uh, technique as well. And I think he does a good job of mixing that up. Has plus ball production. Uh, you know, he has the speed to recover if he's beat initially on routes and uh, he just has great size for the position. I think, you know, the arm link is going to show up uh, quite a bit as well once he, uh, you know, gets to uh, the NFL combine, uh, just how smooth he is in and out breaks. I think it's all there for, for Williams. And I think that's what makes him a very, very valuable pick uh, or going to be a very valuable pick in at the end of round three. But you know, as, as good as he is uh, with his movement skills, ball skills, I do worry about his eyes and man coverage. I think he struggles finding the football in in phase uh, in man coverage. I think uh, he can he can do a little bit better in terms of uh, just reacting and, and using his natural ability, but also using his eyes to locate the football in the air. I think that was one of the biggest things that I, I saw as a, a weakness for him. A little grabby at the top of routes, I think, uh, because he relies so much on that speed, he allows receivers to to get inside, uh, you know, uh, and break his cushion a little bit, and that caused him to, to be a little grabby at the top of routes, but gets away with it, uh, you know, especially at that level, as well as just being uh, deceptive in how he does so. And then, you know, tackling, I think, was one of the, the bigger issues I have with this uh, tape as well. I think he could be a better tackler, and, and it's not so much – that the effort isn't there. I just think he needs to uh, clean up his technique and be a little bit better uh, in terms of wrapping up players and, you know, getting them on the ground. Uh, that's just one thing. Uh, another thing that I thought, you know, could be a little bit better for him. Overall, though, I think he showed that he can stick with, uh, you know, NFL-level receivers down at the, at the Senior Bowl. That's, that's very clear when you turn on the Senior Bowl tape. Um, you know, he's able to show off that movement skills, his natural ability, his athleticism. And I think that's going to take over a lot with this game. But in terms of his projection, I think he's still a little bit uh, ways away before he's going to be starting the NFL. I think 
that adjustment period of him playing division two quarterbacks versus NFL quarterbacks that will throw out his way at will, even if, uh, you know, he, he may be trying to bait them. I think receivers at the NFL level are going to be a little bit more crafty in how they route, uh, run routes. I think, you know, got a little predictable, especially on like third and long. So you can throw a, a, a vertical route on him or, you know, a, a seam route down, uh, you know, down in the slot as he's playing as a, as a cover three corner. I think he understood what they were going to run at the D2 level or, or what they had the limitations to run. But at the NFL level, there's comebacks, there's deep outs, you know, there's uh, combination routes. I think he didn't really see a lot of that at the D2 level. So I wonder, you know, as he translates to the NFL level, just how well is he going to handle that? So that's, that's going to be my biggest thing is it's not necessarily, you know, I'm not knocking the competition. I'm not knocking you know, who he went up against because he can't control that. But at the same time, I think that factors in the evaluation just a little bit, just because he was baiting a receiver or baiting quarterbacks to throw it his way, like as if he was a safety. So, you know, he kind of has a safety mindset, you know, in playing corner. I just want to see him uh, continue to, to work on his eyes and, and finding uh, the football when, when he's, uh, you know, matched a one-on-one with a receiver and uh, just be more disciplined with his eyes too. He got hit with a couple of double moves. So I gave a late third round grade on Joshua Williams, but, but very impressed what he showed down at the senior bowl and, and just on his tape. Another player I want to highlight before I get out of here is Joshua Williams, defensive lineman out, uh, not Joshua, excuse me, Keyshawn James, the, the defensive lineman out of Fayetteville State, who isn't getting a lot of buzz right now because, you know, he played at Fayetteville State. But but when you look at his body of work down at uh, Fayetteville State over his four years uh, playing for Fayetteville State, had 60 and a half tackles for loss, 29 and a half sacks as an interior defensive lineman. Now he's 6'2", at 283 pounds. Uh, that was his official measurements at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. First thing that stands out to me is his first step quickness. Now, he's able to showcase his swim move quite a bit all over his film. That's his go-to move whenever he wants to make a play in the backfield. There's a good chance that he's using his swim move to um, to, to win. And, and similar to Joshua Williams, I think, he understands how he can win at the D2 level, and he does so at such a vast rate that he doesn't need to develop an entire pass rush plan. So that was one of the first things I noticed on, on this film is that he's not going to be this player that comes in super polished uh, to NFL squad. So I think that's going to be the one of the things to, to watch going forward for him, just how much he polishes up his game because he's relied so much on uh, his speed. So first step quickness is, is excellent. Uh, allows him to, to win at the point of attack with ease and, and put constant pressure on offensive alignment at the D2 level. Um, he can turn the corner uh, pretty well for his size. Uh, he did so uh, quite a bit against guards and tackles, bending the corner a bit and, and uh, causing havoc in the backfield on both runs and passes. And then the motor, uh, you know, even when he's not there initially to make a play, uh, he, he's finding ways to make plays on the backside, uh, running down plays from behind. I think he had probably four or five different tackles where 
he was on the other side of the field, but he ran down a play and was able to to get uh, a tackler from behind. Some things he has to work on, though, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he doesn't have a, a major pass rush plan because he didn't need to uh, because he, he won exactly how uh, he expected when every time that was using the swim move. So I want to see the pass rush plan develop. Also, I want to see his use his hands better. I just didn't see a lot of, uh, you know, stacking and shedding from uh, his the interior from him. I think I saw some a little bit more of attempts down the stretch of the season. But in terms of early on and uh, through most of this film, I didn't see a lot of uh, shocking, uh, you know, offensive linemen at the point of attack and then releasing. So I want to see that improve. And then I also want to see, um, you know, just how him being able to handle double teams. I think that's one of the biggest things I worry about with him in terms of how versatile can he be in a defensive uh, set. I think when you look at what he what he brings to the table, he uh, is probably going to be a three tech at the NFL level and a four three defense. I just think that suits him best because he'll be mostly going against guards. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have to deal with double teams a whole whole bunch like a, a one tack or, or a nose tackle and a three, four alignment might need to. So I, I think that's going to limit his immediate effectiveness effectiveness in NFL only because, uh, you know, he'd be a, a specialty type of player. He's not someone you would want in a versatile scheme where he, he rotates down to a one technique or one shade or, or three shade. I, I think, Three technique is his way to go at the NFL route. And I think his hand usage has to get better. I think he has to add some more mass to his frame as well. Uh, continue to use that lower body because he, he has a strong lower bo- body and lower half, but I just don't see him use it enough at the D2 level. Now, like I said, I want he will have to do so at the NFL level to be effective, but I do think, you know, he plays three tech at the NFL level. And then, you know, Basically, my synopsis is that, you know, he knows how to win. He has a a go-to move, so that's not going to be an issue for him. But it's just going to be about putting the other technical parts to his game and and putting it to use. I think the hand usage has to be there, has to be better. It has to continue to improve. And ultimately, I think he's going to be a camp invite as a UDFA. And He's going to have to probably work on a practice squad for this first season or two until he learns how to consistently use his hands, uh, consistently be effective and, and use that gap integrity and stay in this gap integrity as well. But by, he's a long shot, I think, UDFA that I think could can make a roster uh, by by the middle of the season if he, he puts it all together because this is not no denying the talent and the speed uh, initial quickness he has, but it, it'll be about whether or not he can uh, put it all together and truly be effective on a full squad. So uh, Keyshawn James, Josh Williams, two guys I watched recently um, and, and guys that I'm very impressed with have different projections, but I, I do think both can stick around in the at the NFL level. That's all I got for today's episode of the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. You can follow Mike on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can follow the show at Big Shots Pod. You can find us on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can follow our work over at BlueChipScouting.com as well as follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at BlueChipScout. And we'll continue to have more content for you over the next couple of weeks. 
That's draft season is, is fully here, combine as well. And uh, we'll be back sometime next week to uh, review the NFL combine as well as start to uh, ramp up our, uh, you know, our, our guests as well uh, on the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. But for now, uh, I'll be signing off here on the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. I want to thank our friends over at Jersey House for sponsoring today's show. No one likes paying full price for jerseys, and thanks to Jersey House, you don't have to anymore. Jersey House has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey, or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. Head on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world, and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15%.